Happy New Year. Yeah, it's that time of year. What time of year is it? New Year's resolutions. Oh, it's the blue water tradition that everybody loves. Yes. All right. Let's pray. Uh, Holy Spirit, I invite you into this space. I pray that you would come and fill this atmosphere and brood upon us and change us all at least a little bit before we go. I pray, Lord, for a spirit of confidence, fearlessness, expectancy uh, in this place today. I pray, Lord, that you would raise us up a little bit higher to be the people that we ought to be. We receive from you now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody says, all right, it's New Year's Resolution Sunday. Got to get loose for that. Roll your shoulders, clap your hands, tug on your ears, whatever you got to do. Give somebody a high five next to you and, uh, and bring out some sort, of, uh, some sort of writing utensil or notes function or something like that. If you have a photographic memory, you can just uh, go with it. I have a warm-up question for you. You ready to warm up? Here's a warm-up question. It's actually kind of a warm-up exercise. It's sort of an assignment, uh, but it's just going to take a few minutes. I want you to take three minutes, and I want you to write down in some fashion how wonderful. Write down a list, a description, bullet point, some sort of characterization of how wonderful your life could be in three years' time if you tended to yourself in the way that you should, if you made the decisions that you ought to make and followed through on the things on which you ought to follow through, okay? So for, for, uh, for three years, you're going to be just an ace in life. You're going to tend to yourself. You're going to follow through on the important priority things. And in three years' time, best case scenario, I want you to write down what your life would be like. Be specific. Go. What are you like? What's your attitude like? How do you behave? What do you do? What impact do you have on the world around you? Excellent. Pencils down. You didn't know you were going to have to work so hard. Shake it out. Shake it out. Because we got one more. We got one more. Now, I want you to take about 90 seconds, and I want you to write down, as specifically as you can, how hellish life could get if, over the next three years, you don't tend to yourself as you should, and you do the things you ought not to do, and you are the person you shouldn't be. How bad could it get for you over the next few years? if you lived that way. Worst case scenario, how hellish could you make things? Go. You got about 90 seconds. How bad could you be? How bad might your attitude be? What sort of destructive influence could you have on the world around you?
Which exercise was more fun? Yeah. Uh, why, why, do, why do we do the second exercise? Why do that, why do that negative exercise? Why, why bother to imagine how bad your life could get uh, if you screwed it up? Isn't that just uh, negative uh, thinking? Well, I mean, it's, it's negative uh, imaging. Um, I, I think I do exercises like that for myself, and I encourage other people to do them, because uh, I think we humans need consequences to be clear in life. I think in general, that's really helpful to us. Particularly, it's helpful to us when we need it to be helpful to us. And more specifically still, I think when we humans are living in a spirit of fear, when we're letting fear, caution, anxiety dominate our life, when we're moving in a spirit of fear, then the only way to help us is to be afraid of something bad happening. If you're stuck in fear, then fear is the only language that you can speak, right? And so you need to be afraid of consequences. You need to be afraid of bad consequences. And this is, this is something that, you know, early Bible makes very clear. If you are not a person of faith, if you cannot move in confidence and positive expectancy, then the only answer for you is fearsome discipline. And so it's really good to have a specter, to have a, a horrible image of how bad it could be so that you're more afraid of that than you are of, um, you know, the, the smaller anxieties uh, that, that dominate your life. If, if, you're, if you're stuck in a, in a spirit of fear, sometimes being afraid of something can help you. And that's kind of a positive aspect of fear. So I like to keep in my mind, like, wow, you know, this could get, this could get very bad. I think that's a general principle to avoid sin, mistakes, stupidity in life. You know, just to take a really, a really simplistic New Year's example. It's like when, when, we, when we want to eat that extra piece of pie, you know, it's like, wow, I look at the pie, the pie is good. My experience of that pie will be awesome. That pie will lift my spirits and enlighten my soul, right? But what you have to do if your New Year's resolution is, is to drop five pounds is to have a crisp idea of what the consequences of pie are, you know? We all recognize that one. So there you go. But why do the positive exercise? Why spend some time writing down how great life could be? Uh, well, lots of reasons, and you can probably imagine lots of reasons, but the big reason for me has to do with clarity, clarity and focus, because the chief, the chief weapons of chaos in the world and the chief weapons of chaos in our lives are vagueness, delay, and distraction. So let's not be vague about what we want. Let's not be vague about how powerful we could be. Let's be as crisp. Let's be as specific uh, as possible. And more, more than that, let's build a life that tolerates no delay or no distraction. And, and we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later today. We want to set routines. We want to set priorities. That's really what New Year's resolutions are about. We want to build a pathway to where we want to go. So let's get a crisp idea of where we want to go. And then let's get crisp ideas of the steps along the pathway. A crisp vision counts for a lot. 
as a foundation. More on that momentarily. But first, a little biblical perspective on New Year's resolutions because I know you all came in desiring more power in your New Year's resolutions. Uh, year in, year out, your enthusiasm for New Year's resolutions exercises overwhelms me. Come on, let's hear it for New Year's resolutions. We're getting there. New Year's resolutions, uh, what they are really is, is the act of intentionally, forcefully, and, and yes, publicly deciding to change for the better. Intentionally and forcefully and publicly deciding to change for the better. And really, you know, there's nothing more biblical than that. That's, that's pretty basic life. Uh, if you assume that life has a reason uh, and that we are meant to grow in it. So a few passages. There are just so many that you could choose. Every year I choose some different ones, but here are a few passages that I consider great New Year's resolutions passages. First from Philippians 3. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, some translations will say pressing toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press on toward the goal. Say that with me. I press on toward the goal. All of us then who are mature, if you want to be mature, all of us should take a view of such things. We should take a, a, a press ahead uh, a goal-oriented, a progressive sort of view, if you want to be mature, that is. And if on some point you think differently, uh, that too God will make clear to you. This is how God deals with us normally, so I'm pretty confident that the Lord will always call you forward to something specifically, uh, Paul is saying to the Ephesians. Um, maturity, according to Paul in this passage and, and others, uh, maturity equals having a godly goal and pressing toward it. Boom. Boils it right down. If you want to be a mature person, well, have godly goals, have godly targets, have godly visions, and press toward them. You've got to know your goal, and you've got you to know what it takes to press consistently toward your goal. Uh, discipleship equals... Follow through. Blue Water regulars should know that discipleship equals follow through. That's really what it means to be a disciple of God, a follower of Jesus. It means to be a follower througher of Jesus. Discipleship equals follow through. From, from 2 Thessalonians, another passage from Paul. Uh, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you. Paul is praying for the church in Thessalonica. We constantly... We, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of the calling and that by his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. Uh, some translations of this uh, will read, and that by his power he may bring to fruition your every resolve for goodness or your every resolution for goodness and your every deed prompted uh, by faith. This, this, is, this is basically a prayer for follow-through, which is a prayer that I pray for a lot of people beginning in the new year as people wrestle with changing their lives uh, traditionally anyway. A prayer for follow-through, a great prayer to pray for the people who really matter to you 
in your life. Let's say it again. Discipleship equals discipleship equals follow through. Finally, uh, from the epistle of James, James chapter 4, uh, written by James uh, to the church at large. Uh, it starts with a kind of a little, little parable, a little illustration, and then it wraps up interestingly. Now listen, uh, James is advising. You who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. In other words, if that's your annual plan, <laughs> why do you, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes or your vain, empty schemes, some translations will say. All such boasting is evil, literally harmful. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. Um, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kind of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. In other words, be ready and pray for readiness. Uh, this passage starts out, it, it, it sounds like James is saying, you know, life is too short to think about the future. You know, life is too short to make plans. That's what it sounds like he's saying. You know, you have a plan for the coming year, and your plan is business as usual, literally, because he's talking about business. Your plan is just kind of advance in your career and make some more money, and life will be generally better. And he says, that's a stupid way to live. You know why that's a stupid way to live? Because life is too short to live that way, he says. It's too short to live that way. He's not advising against thinking about the future entirely. He's just advising against thinking about the future in vague, general, worldly terms. Um, if it is the Lord's will, we'll do that. Meaning, plug into the Lord's will before you make your plans. Um, all such uh, empty planning is evil or harmful, he says. But he wraps it up this way, and this is my favorite line of the passage. If anyone knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, well, that's the definition of sin. It is sin for them, right? If you can imagine how awesome your life can be if you tended to yourself and followed through on things you ought to do, if you can have that vision and you don't do that vision, you know what that's called? Yeah, sin, <laughs> lack of follow-through on the good things we know to do, that's actually sin. That word sin in the Greek literally means that's falling short. That, you know, that's, that, that's not passing. That's what that is. And he calls it evil, literally harmful. That's how you do yourself harm. You do yourself harm not because you're ignorant of what you ought to do today, but because you don't follow through on it. And so we need resolve. We need to come up with some way to actually follow through on the good things that we need to do, not in some distant, vague future, but today. If you know the good you ought to do today and don't do it, then that, that's, I mean, technically that's falling short. Technically that's evil, uh, according to uh, these early, uh, early church leaders. And that's kind of sobering and kind of inspiring to me all at once, you know. Today, what are you going to 
what are you going to follow through on today? How are you going to follow through on the good stuff today? To me, that's the question of life. That's certainly the question uh, for a disciple of Christ. Because let's say it again, discipleship is... I think the Bible talks a lot about goals, but, but specifically the Bible talks about goals for grinders as opposed to talking about goals for dreamers. You know the difference? Uh, if you set goal, a goal as a dreamer, it's like, oh, what do you want to do this year? Well, it would be great if, you know, I, I finally run the Honolulu Marathon next December. You know, that's my goal. Well, have you set that goal as a dreamer? Or have you set that goal as a grinder? Ben shared earlier, his goal is to gain another five pounds this year. If Ben has also set the goal to run the marathon next December, I'm calling Ben a dreamer. I'm saying that's not going to work out. Ben, this is your opportunity right here and right now to resolve to run the Honolulu Marathon next December. 2025 is what he's going to Distant future. He who knows the good he ought to do and does not do it. The chief weapons of chaos are vagueness, delay, and distraction. No. Actually, he's done pretty good on his health this year, I happen to know. Snaps for Ben. But a grinder, you know what a grinder is? A grinder, when you grind something, you, you kind of, you go at it repetitively, right? You, you wear it down. And, and that's how I like to think of, of my life. I wear down opposition. <laughs> because I'm a, I'm a grinder, you know? I may, have to, I may have to chisel through stone, but every day I'm smacking I'm smacking, uh, and uh, I, just, I just think that's, that's a great way to live. When I set goals, I set goal as a grinder, which means uh, I don't say, well, my, my dream is to chisel through this rock. I say, my plan is at 6 a.m. every day to start this way, you know, and then 6 a.m. tomorrow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be right back doing the same thing. That's a goal for grinders, and I think the Bible says a lot about goals for grinders. Don't think about some vague general future. If you, be in touch with the good you ought to do today, as James puts it. He kind of stole that from Jesus, but be in touch with what you ought to do today and tomorrow and the next day, and then pretty soon at the end of the year, uh, you'll be where you want to be. But the resolution involves the immediate action that you take. What are you going to do today? What are you going to do this week? That makes for a great New Year's resolution. New Year's resolutions shouldn't directly have to do with mission. They should have to do with method. Your method toward the mission. What method, what schedule, and what attitude will you use to accomplish the goals that you have this year? What method? What's, what schedule? What routine? And what attitude? You need a routine, and you need an attitude if you're going to pull it off. Notice that I assume you have a resolution goal for this year. Um, I warned every Blue Water regular last week that you had to come today with the resolution. So if you didn't, uh, you, you probably won't get into heaven. <laughs> My New Year's resolution is to be less sarcastic in 2018. Not really. I tell you, that, that was sarcasm right there. Is what that was. I just I make that goal. 
One of my resolutions is to drink less coffee. <clears throat> this is tea. <laughs> Courtesy of Eddie. Uh, you know, mission and, 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 and method and routine and attitude, that sort of language should sound familiar if you've been hanging around Blue Water Mission this past year or 15 months or so. Uh, let's do a quick year in review, shall we? It's, it's useful uh, to kind of <clears throat> know what path uh, that we've been on. It sort of helps me plan uh, my path for the future. Um, about, about 15 months ago, really, when I, when I got back from sabbatical, I was gone for about five months. Did anybody notice then I, then I came back. And, and, and what we talked about there for a while at the beginning was, was coaching. We talked about how, how um, there's a difference between coaching and, and teaching. Like you can teach somebody content, but what really changes a life is, is the way that you coach someone to, to follow through on the content that you've, you've given them. Um, you know, I used to play football back in the day, and it was, it was fairly easy for a coach to teach you the skills necessary to make a tackle or a block or to catch a football. Um, you know, everybody knew uh, the basics, but what made a coach a coach uh, was him standing right next to you and screaming at you to do it perfectly every single time. And that's why we do this thing called practice. If you're involved in any athletics, you practice uh, your techniques and coaches stand next to you and point out little flaws and little strengths and, and inspire you to keep at it day after day until you become better at your chosen discipline. Well, transformation in community is mostly about coaching one another. It's not just about reciting things that we've all decided to believe. It's about inspiring and disciplining and, and, and holding each other accountable to follow through on the things that we've all decided to believe together. And the best coach of all is culture. Culture is the best coach. And culture is hard to define, but it's sort of like... It's sort of the collection of group attitude and expectations. If you walk into Blue Water Mission, and there's an expectation that you will follow through and have an attitude of faith and power, well, that culture will do more for us than any sermon I could ever give, than any worship song that we could ever sing. We coach each other. Culture is the best coach, and we really want a culture of faith, attitude, and follow through at Blue Water Mission Church. Church can be a lot of things. When you come together for church, it can be a celebration of what we believe. We've all decided to believe certain things about God and Christ, and, and let's just celebrate and reaffirm those things, and you could call that church. But I think that would be kind of a shallow church. Uh, I think church ought to be a strengthening exercise. I think um, it ought to be a strengthening exercise so that we can live out what we believe with extreme force and confidence in the world. It should be a place of coaching and inspiration. Uh, and so we, you know, we developed little, uh, little, you know, habits or phrases or sayings and reinforcements. We came up with some discipleship questions. You guys remember those? Five discipleship questions, go. Number one, what's God been saying to you recently? There's this expectation that God speaks, which is one reason we do a prophecy service every new year, uh, January 21st. Invite your friends. Question number two, what, what are you doing about that? <laughs> right? So it's sort of the encouragement and accountability. What's God been saying to you recently? What do you feel called to do? What are you doing about that? Number three, what's holding you back? Because the world is chaos, and certainly there are going to be obstacles. Are you in touch with them, and can I help you with them? What's getting in the way? Number four, who are you bringing along with you on this journey? Because you are designed to be light 
to be salt, to be illumination and flavor in the world. And if you are not influencing anybody, you are dead spiritually. Life is ministry. And we need to remind ourselves of that. Who are you bringing along? Well, you know what? Now that you think of it, like nobody. Um, I really need to get with some people. I need to influence some people. Number five, how can I help you with it? Yeah, make yourself available so that you do ministry. Excellent. You all pass. Give yourself snaps. But, but those, you know, that little battery of questions is one way in which we build coaching culture. Excellent. When Jesus calls a person, he always calls that person to a purpose. When Jesus calls someone to faith, he always calls that person to a job. And so a huge chunk of our last year had to do with purpose and building a pathway to purpose. You're familiar with that phrase. We talked about a specific way of thinking about building a pathway to purpose. We talked about mission and vision and tools and virtues. We talked about removing limits and getting clear on action and and laying tracks to go forward. Uh, We talked about um, asking God for the things that we truly need and asking like a, a boss. Lately, I've, been, I've taken to teaching the pathway in a, in, a, in a more summary fashion. Look, you need a mission, you need a method, you need a mindset. You need to be clear on your mission. You need to be clear on your method and routines. You need to be clear on your mindset or your attitude. You need a goal, you need a routine, you need to be, understand the attitude that it's going to take to pull it off, and you need to be on top of that stuff every day, making bold choices uh, in that direction. Talked a lot about purpose until you guys were sick of it. I gave you an opportunity to shout amen and put me in my place. You did not take it. I will move on. Uh, And we did a 30,000-foot overview of the Bible. We went through the whole Bible uh, this year uh, from Genesis to the end just to sort of anchor ourselves, not in any, like, one particular passage, but in the whole story. I really liked uh, that exercise We wanted to be ground in the overall story of God, uh, which is creative and unceasingly purposeful. And that's really what the Bible is. The Bible is the story of God and humanity and and the purposes uh, that we share uh, with the Lord. We did a series on uh, life principles or, or principles for health. We talked about redemption, confession, prayer, keeping good company. We talked about decision points and, and, and how uh, crucial it is in life to be able to make strong decisions, which is a skill that fewer and few people have. How many people can actually make a strong decision to change their lives and stick to it? Decision-making potent skill for health and life. And then more rec- most recently, we've talked about revival. And this, you know, on a word from the Lord, I felt like the Lord had spoke to me and said, all right, now uh, a new sort of outpouring is coming, and all this work that you've done to be purposeful and healthy and strong and to kind of understand how I work in the world, really what it's for, is so that uh, you gather in the outpouring that I am sending. We talked about regrouping and maybe organizing your life uh, for gathering and ministry. We talked about miracles of provision, how the Lord supplies what we need. We talked about kingdom encounters and being open to God doing kingdom encounters with you, for you, wherever you are, whether it's your workplace or uh, the corner coffee shop or at church for that matter. We talked about conviction um, and, uh, you know, the importance of, of uh, being confident bold uh, with what you uh, believe and what you know to be true, whether it be a positive or negative uh, truth. And we talked about popular attraction 
and how when the life of the Lord gets pumping, people are attracted to, to it. Hopefully this January, hopefully today, uh, we, uh, we approach our life of purpose together with big visions and small ones together. <clears throat> hopefully we approach our purpose as more mature people, responsible for our own health, for instance, able to, uh, to be healthy people able to follow through on anything and everything important in our lives. Hopefully we're a more mature community, one that is ready for outpouring and to receive and to build up the next wave of people that the Lord brings us. In any case, man, do you guys know how to set New Year's resolutions. You are so equipped for it. It is unreal. You are ready. So how many of you have set a New Year's resolution? All right, how many of you did not raise your hands? <laughs> just seeing if you're, just seeing if you're, if you're willing. Look, I will give you, I'll give you 90 seconds uh, to do it right now because we got about a third of you saying that you had set New Year's resolutions, uh, and uh, my my suspicion is that you just have not been bold enough. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you 90 seconds. We're gonna do it. We're gonna close this way. Some New Year's resolutions. Now, they don't have to be the resolutions to end all resolutions. Maybe it's just that, ah, oh, I want to lose five pounds. Uh, but, but, but here's the phrase that really sticks out to me this year. Anyone who knows the good they ought to do, you know, and doesn't do it. Whatever, whatever good thing you feel like you ought to do. Whatever good, healthy, mature thing that it would be good, to you to, good for you to follow through on. Go ahead, 90 seconds. And if you have some doubt, you know, we are assured by Scripture that God will speak to you about it. All right, now let's amplify your resolution a little bit. Why do you want to do this resolution? Why? What's the purpose in it? Or if you'd rather, how does this fit into your purpose? You have to understand purpose. So think about it a little bit. If you want to drop five pounds, all right, really, why is that so purposeful? It's, it's probably healthy. <laughs> um, You've got to understand why it's so important for you to do it. Otherwise, you're dead in the water. We are people of purpose. We are people of purpose. We're followers of Christ. Purpose informs all that we do. All right, you know what it is uh, that you want to do generally? You know why it's important, why it's purposeful for you to do it? Now, think about how are you going to do it? How specifically, day in and day out, are you going to do this thing? And if it's some spiritual thing, like, oh, I want to have more faith this year, or I want to I be free from shame this year, then you have to be even more practical and nuts and boltsy about how you're going to pursue it, because those things are easy to leave vague if you're not careful. So day in and day out, how will you pursue this thing? That's an important part of any resolution. All right, and then finally, I want you to think about this. 
with what attitude will you pull this off? What is the key attitude or the key attitudes that are going to empower you to actually make it, to actually follow through on, on the one or two things that you have picked? You know why you're doing it. You know why those things are purposeful. You know how you're going to go at them day in and day out. What, what mindset, what attitude are you going to need to pull them off? Faith attitude, one way or another, probably, probably works itself in there. But, but see if you can be even more specific than that. I need to have faith that dot, dot, dot. Be as specific as you can be. I need to be fearless. In particular, I need to not be afraid of dot, dot, dot. Be as specific as you can. Well, this is an exercise that Blue Water regulars would should probably feel uh, pretty, pretty familiar with. And, and, and I know in some way this can all sound like, you know, a positivity seminar that you go to. Oh, you've got to have a mission. You've got to have a method. You've got to have a mindset. But here's the thing, Christians. Um, if you don't have the ability to change your life, it's going to be very hard for you to follow Jesus because he'll be asking you to change your life and to change other people's lives all the time. So the skill that we're practicing with New Year's resolutions, and this is why I love them, is kind of a basic skill for what we're trying to do in the world. I get so excited about doing it. Is failure an option? Might you fail at your New Year's resolutions? Absolutely yes. Failure is always an option. It is always a possibility. But it's never an option for long, and that's the key. You can try. You can try and fail. And then, try again. Sure, failure is an option, but it's never an option uh, for long. We never sit in failure. And I have a great Bible verse uh, to, uh, with which to herald uh, 2018. Uh, I was uh, in the scripture and reading this verse uh, this week from Isaiah 43. Let's just end with this verse. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing, says the Lord. Now it springs up. Do you not see it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Another reason I love New Year's resolutions is because they're like an antidote to the spirit that we are, the belief that, that we're too stuck to move that things can't change. And more than anything else, I think that, that belief, the belief that things can't change is the very heart of evil. I think it's the very heart of Satan in the world. It's the spirit of death itself. Things can't change. It doesn't matter. Might as well not try. That is death. And to my dying breath, uh, that's the spirit uh, that I will be fighting. Let's pray. Well, Father God, uh, I pray uh, that you would breathe on resolve among, uh, among us this morning. 
I pray that you would indeed make Blue Water Mission a culture of follow-through. I pray that church would make a difference to everybody every week. And I pray that as individuals, we would make a difference to the people around us every week. I pray that we would move in the spirit of life, creativity, and change, and that we would never move in the spirit of death, hopelessness, and a disbelief in change. Uh, Things can change. Make us people who know how to make it change, people who know how to implement mission and purpose. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen.